possible that one day we'll code nature to grow our buildings. That's the futuristic vision of a startup called Biome that is already disrupting the construction industry with a range of biomaterials. I'm your host, Jess, and in this episode of the Circular Economy Show podcast, I speak with Biome's founder, Ehab Syed, about what Biome is, why the built environment sector needs this innovation, and what it might mean for us to grow our own buildings. I started by asking Ehab, what is Biome? So Biome is a multi-award winning research and development-led company that is delivering and developing um, radical biotechnologies that are suitable for all kinds of industries. Our focus at the start was on the built environment or construction, and that's because it's one of the hardest industries to penetrate. And now that we're starting to make in waves within construction, we're opening up to looking at other sectors as well. So at Biome, we develop radical biotechnologies that are suitable for all kinds of industries and sectors. So that covers everything from microorganisms that can create materials that are high performing and circular to uh, microorganisms that can consume plastic. What does that mean? What products does Biome design and make? We have three core biotechnologies. One of them is mycelium or the root structure of fungi. And we work with mycelium to create um, construction products like thermal insulation for buildings, um, as well as uh, acoustic insulation and uh, interior furniture and um, uh, building envelope uh, materials as well. Uh, we also have another biotechnology called ORP, or Organic Refuse Biocompound, and that creates sheet materials that can be used to replace MDF or plywood. They're completely regenerative. They consume food and agricultural waste to be created. Um, and we've also developed a construction system known as Triagamy. Um, and Triagamy enables buildings to be deconstructed and reconstructed at any stage of their life. It achieves cost savings of about 95%, environmental savings of 120% when you compare it to brick and block construction. Um, and all of these biotechnologies are driven by our philosophy. And the idea is that we patent them around the world and license them to organizations that can create major impact around the globe and ensure that there's an environmental and social impact embedded in all of our production. And what makes that circular? All of our uh, materials and products and biotechnologies are designed with circularity at heart. Um, we are driven by a very simple philosophy to allow nature to lead innovation and only have a positive or regenerative impact on everything we touch. And therefore, everything that we create needs to have circular, systemic and holistic approach built into its design. Um, and the idea of creating circular construction comes with all kinds of challenges because you need to create high performing materials that are also conducive to end of life um, uh, solutions. So um, that that balance is something that we've really perfected at Biome, um, enabling a material to last for the application's duration. Um, unlike some of the materials we see currently used in construction, which are designed to last hundreds of thousands of years, but are only used in places like London for five or 10 years. Um, so it's kind of um, a challenge to find that balance, but we've worked really hard on enabling it and, and making it work. Ehab has long been passionate about improving the built environment. As he told me, I started Biome to revolutionize the construction industry to demonstrate how um, there's so much knowledge that we can gain from nature's genius. And there's so much that we can learn from the biotechnologies that exist in the natural world. And actually bringing that to industry can demonstrate how we can decarbonize and find a way towards um, a more biosynergistic future. 
Ehab mentioned being inspired by nature, but how does that work? So biomimetics or biomimicry uh, looks at emulating natural systems in order to create solutions that can revolutionize industries. And there's so many technologies in nature that are not really being um, used by humans in, in, in the world to solve problems. Um, so biome was a way to demonstrate that we can de use these technologies in order to create a transition towards a, a more sustainable future. So how does biome take inspiration from nature in practice? There are lots of ways that we take inspiration from nature. So we actually work through a process of looking at a problem or a challenge. We then break down that problem into smaller problems. And then we look at how um, nature has solved similar problems. And we take those solutions and then replicate them using our technologies, uh, our man-made technologies. Um, and the uh, the main way that we, we tend to use um, biomimicry is by embedding the systemic knowledge or the systemic approach that is in natural systems so that everything that we create is a system rather than a product or a standalone um, uh, item. It's kind of part of a, of a larger whole. Um, and it's given a nod to the idea that everything is interconnected and there's energy at the source of everything in the cosmos. Um, so ensuring that there's always a connection, that every output goes into an input of another system is the main way that we take inspiration from nature. Biome creates regenerative biomaterials for the built environment and draws inspiration directly from nature. Next, I asked Ehab, why is there a need for this kind of innovation in the built environment space? I think the built environment is riddled with various uh, issues and, and challenges. Um, there's a lot of fragmentation within the industry. The way projects are carried through from idea to fruition um, is not usually done by one single entity. So there are lots of different entities with different aims and targets and goals uh, working towards trying to create um, an environment in which we can exist. Um, and I think what you end up with is a lot of compromises that result in sustainability or environmental and social impact um, not being at the forefront or not being the kind of main goal of, of this built environment. Um, so when we look at nature, um, the greatest architect, and look at how we can um, learn from natural environments like forests and, and, and things like that, we see the circularity and um, systems are at the heart of creating uh, environments that are conducive to life. And so I think the built environment is um, really lacking a lot of that systemic uh, approach and that connected uh, or interconnected way of working. Um, and so I think with Biome, we are able to bring that to um, the forefront of the industry by connecting different organizations and different parties that wouldn't usually work together because we take such a transdisciplinary approach. So how did Ehab come to be interested in the built environment? When I was doing my master's degree, um, I was tasked with um, researching waste uh, and waste streams from various industries in the UK. I looked at lots of industries from fashion to food to construction, and I was completely blown away by the figures that came out of the construction industry. Not only was there so much more waste than is being recorded actually being created, but the types of waste being created were extremely hazardous for uh, biological life as well as for human health. So it wasn't just the numbers or the figures or the amount of waste being generated in construction that was problematic, but it was also the types of waste. There were lots of hazardous waste streams that were not being discarded in the most responsible fashion, and they were resulting in so much harm to biological life as well as to human health. Um, so it's kind of um, 
the more you dive into a problem, the more you learn about the construction industry, the more you realize how uh, significant it is and how much more solutions we need in this world to address it. What will the built environment look like in 50 years time? So I see um, a lot of soft structures that are grown, that are inspired by nature. I see a lot of systems that are completely interconnected and closed loop as a whole. Um, and I think working towards that uh, was a bit of a pipe dream, maybe five or 10 years ago. But now with all the transitions that we're seeing, with all the major commitments that we're seeing from governments, from new policies coming into play, we're really seeing that becoming a possible future. And with the biotechnologies we're developing, as well as all the other really exciting companies that are emerging at the moment, we're making it very practically possible. Can these materials really compete with synthetics? At Biome, I think we pride ourselves on how we can create radical, new um, and disruptive biotechnologies that are very practical and very easy to implement and scale. Um, and I think that's really what we've been wanting or looking for when it comes to looking at sustainable alternatives to the materials and products that we use. Um, sustainable materials in particular tend to have uh, the stigma associated with them that they're never going to perform as well as the plastics or the metals that we're used to. And we are gradually, year after year, disproving that and debunking that myth. We're demonstrating how natural materials can actually outperform the synthetics like the plastics that we're used to, and as well be scaled and be very affordable from a very small scale from the very start. Um, so the idea is ensuring that there's a balance between um, a practical angle and the uh, major radical transformation in the systems and, and the impact that the product has. So these materials could play a key part of the future composition of the buildings we live and work in. And Ehab's team are debunking myths about their performance. But Ehab saved his most stunning revelation for last. Apparently, the most futuristic version of this technology is where we grow our own buildings. I think for us at Biome, that is the dream, is to go to an empty site and plant your home and uh, just watch it grow. Um, and we're starting with a very kind of primitive approach by creating natural materials and products that are grown and that are um, also uh, controlled at a genetic level as much as they are controlled on a macro level. Um, and over time, we're working towards enabling entire structures to emerge from uh, creating a code and dictating that through the code and then enabling it to just uh, materialize. So wait, how could we grow a building? Nature works in, in wonderful ways. I mean, um, everything, every structure that you see in nature is based on fractals, where on a microscopic level, you can see a structure repeating. And then as you zoom out, that structure starts to transform into a completely new structure. And by coding buildings in a or coding uh, microorganisms in a way where they can eventually create buildings, you're taking care of the microstructure, but understanding that as that organism grows, that structure will translate into a macrostructure. So um, this is something that is really significant when working with construction materials, and we're imagining a future where buildings can actually be grown from scratch. Um, the idea of understanding the microstructure of materials and uh, organisms is something that is really, really critical to being able to enable that in the future. Inspired by nature, regenerative by design, and disrupting the built environment, Ehab and Biome's story is still only just getting started. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Circular Economy Show podcast from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Let us know what you'd like to hear about in future episodes by taking our quick survey. 
Find the link in the show notes of this episode. Speak to you next time.